Happy Monday. Welcome to season two, episode five of The Break Room. I'm your host, Mike Kagan, joined today by no guests, but uh, co-host Riley Farrar and Dan Kagan. We got the home run derby, home run derby, you know, out in the background right now watching this uh, Alonzo guy hit absolute bombs. He's going crazy right now, by the way. He's got 16, now 17, now 18. This guy's about to break these records. This is crazy. He's just crushing them. Dan, are you already at 20? I saw you were ahead of me. Yeah, 21. You're way ahead of me. Yeah. Pete Alonso's going crazy. Eventually, during this, while you guys talk, I'm going to have to, you know, refresh my... Refresh my... Yeah. But, so, I mean, I, I think we can just dive in here, boys. Like, we don't got anybody to introduce. No, so got... like, hold, on, hold on. So, I think I think we should start with a very, fairly obvious first thing before we hop Euros. in. I think we got to hop in the Euros. Exactly. I think we got to It's not coming home, which is great. Um, I hate to, you know, hate on England because, like, if they played a great style of play, if they played attacking football and Southgate wasn't such a clown running five backs all the time, I would like them and I would want them to win. But the way that they play and and actually, like, use their talent is so bad. The tactics they employ, the formations they run, the lack of in-game adjustments, the managerial incompetence – it makes me want to root against you because, like, yeah, you can win games like this, but playing five backs, playing playing two one depth drop back, and just sitting eleven guys in your final well, third, Italy. and just being, oh, I hope Italy, I hope we can go to to Pens with Italy. Get the fuck out of here. You can win, but you're not going to win tournaments doing that. You can't. And again, Italy played the more attractive style of football throughout the whole tournament, which is why I wanted them to win, but more so. You look at England's squad, and the substitutions were, were really wrong. And I know if they won, we, were, we wouldn't even talk about the substitutions. But who in their right mind is a manager? The most important penalty in general circumstances, if you're a manager, you should understand, and this is just coming from an, a dumb American. This is coming from what the European world thinks is a dumb American. We don't know anything about you know, soccer. We don't know anything about this, you know, the beautiful game at all. The fifth penalty is the most important penalty. You have to have someone who's going to bury it. If you're in that situation, no matter what, the fifth penalty is the most important. Sokka. To put Sokka. Not to mention, you've missed like two in a row. You know, I I was just speechless. Like, it really is. Like, uh, and again, Roy Keane called out Southgate. Not so, I, you know, it kind of gets lost in the mix. He kind of sounded like he was like uh, calling out Grealish and, and the others for not being able to step up. But there was a set order. And yeah. Saka was just going to go five, which is just, you're putting the whole weight of the world, the weight of on a 19-year-old. It's on a so 19-year-old ridiculous. His pants, just like Rashford did. You know, come on. He, you know, England, England deserved to lose. They deserve to lose the game. England are known for bottling it, and they and they bottled it. That's what happened. They did exactly what they always do. They bottled it. And I think we – instead of talking about England so much, I think I want to really point out that Italy played unbelievable all tournament. They deserved to win it. England played seven of their eight games on home, on home soil, on home field. And not to mention this, but I really want to talk about this player who's young and promising and I really think is going to do something special within the next few years. And that's Federico Chiesa. He is unbelievable. He, I mean, he is such a difference maker for that Italian national side. And he's really exactly what they needed to play well. 
to play well and play as they did because of that fast Mancini attack. They really needed him to step in. He comes in wearing number 10. I mean, he is a young, he really is something special. And you know who's more special? The best goalie in the world, Donnarumma, who was who's 22 years old and is a, was literally... It's worth noting that he's been playing player. since he was 17. I know. It is worth noting that. But think about it. He's, he, he didn't, he's a free agent, becomes... Goes to PSG. He's going to be at PSG. He's the best goalkeeper in the world, without doubt, right now. Yeah. Because of his performances, mm-hmm. he won player of the player of the tournament. Yep. He won whole player of the tournament, a goalie. Uh, and you watch him. You, you watch him stare off and, and how stoic he is, saving that last penalty. It didn't even – it didn't even affect him. He was still in game mode. Everyone's going yeah. – No, apparently right. he didn't know that the game was over. I bet. I'm not surprised. He was just so zoned in, and that's so scary. It's so funny that – Italy get the perfect Buffon regen. In yeah. They get yeah. Donnarumma, who's the, like just this. He's class. Complete class. I mean, uh, and England scored first in this game. They scored first. They scored in the first like two minutes. They caught Emerson out. They and did the right like, thing. They attacked that left back position because without Spinazzola, they, that's been their weak spot. That's been their Achilles heel. They Rightfully decide- so, they attack it and they get a goal out of it. And then they slowly pull in England and slowly start to sit back and let Italy have so much ball and so much of the possession and, and literally leaving hallway-sized gaps in the defense and, and getting lines broken on their passes. It's so I, – I don't – I can't speak more to how much I hate the way England plays. And I know that was already covered, but they deserve to lose. They do. And I think it's just funny that when – it's just like every English – it's like every mid-table team or bottom team in the Prem, even some of the great teams. They go up like one nothing in the first five minutes and just park the bus for the rest of the game and just rely on the quality to, to hopefully save them. You play defensive and rely on the quality. Have 11 men back. Like, that's just what happens. That's what they do. And at the end of the day, it doesn't win you tournaments. It doesn't win you trophies. It just doesn't. So you see what happens. Italy pushed, put the pressure on England and Southgate pooed himself. And I don't think anyone's surprised by that. What's nope. even funnier is he's going to be there for a long time, probably as manager, at least for a few more years. And definitely for the World Cup. So oh, yeah. They're going to try and run it back with that. Yeah, I don't think it'll work. I, I, like, again, they're bottlers in England. Yeah. But uh, I think we could transition. We got to Chris Full shift the gears right now. And uh, gears. And go right to the 2021 NBA Finals. And uh, – it's a 2-1 lead for the Suns, but the Bucks at home, first game at home, routed the Bucks. I'd say, if you watch the game, 120-100, and now the Suns lead, as I said before, 2-1. Giannis dropped a completely Shaq-esque display, as Dan wrote down in the notes, uh, coming up with 41 points and absolutely dominating every single player on the court and inspiring and willing his team to get that dub. So, boys, what are we thinking? I said Suns and six. I'd I'm still sticking that. with Suns and six. Yeah. Dan, Bucks and seven. I'm keeping it. So, Dan, you're the outlier here. I want to hear, like, why. So, let's, let's hear the reason. Well, I mean, I wish you could run the clip back, but I said they go down 2-0, and then they'd roar back in Milwaukee and make this a series. Now, it's worth mentioning that the Suns, every series, it seems like they have they seem to have one or two games where they just, they're flat. They don't show up. And that makes sense. They're a young team, you know, Shit happens. It's the NBA. They've been able to minimize it. Yesterday, DeAndre Aiden gets in foul trouble. And then, you know, certain teams, certain players are just kind of like not performing. I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined for 29 points. 
look, they had an off day. Giannis took advantage of them. He sauced them. And it's 2-1. And it's going to be 2-2. And we're going to go back to Phoenix for game five. And it'll become a three-game series from that standpoint. It'll be really interesting. We'll see, Dad. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but I did the. It is one of the better uh, finals performances. Also, he had an incredible. He keeps having these incredible quarters, these 19, 20 point quarters. This guy, by the way, if you watch him play, he is actually attempting shots. He's not like Ben Simmons. It he is. He's putting up floaters. He's putting up shots, and he actually. I saw him make a three the other day. The other game, actually, swished a three. Imagine if he actually got all of that down to a science. I mean. Oh my goodness! Imagine Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton actually started coming up clutch and playing on Game Three, so that yeah, really yeah. helped their team. They needed they needed a two game off week. You know they had to take the two games off. That's just who they are. Drew Holiday's been playing great though. I will definitely not. And so is Chris Middleton, but in typical Chris Middleton fashion, some he just doesn't show up all the time. I mean, like, hey Dan, if the Bucks win, fair. Fair, right? Yeah. Yeah, but um, that's enough. It's, about... it's really all we need to cover. I, mean, yeah, I think it was enough. a really boring game yesterday. I mean, like, there's not much boring. to talk about. Yeah, it wasn't boring. I just think eh, it wasn't boring. I wouldn't say so. It's a, it's a good series now. And the England game was great. Dan, you watched the Copa America. I couldn't, but. Oh, yes. Argentina and Messi finally got his trophy. We'll put that little side note in there. Uh, that game was one of the dirtier games I've ever seen. I'm oh, not my God. Lie. That was crazy. Dude, seven seven bookings on Brazil and I think six on Argentina or seven you, and eight. You could dude. not make three consecutive passes without a foul being committed by either no, team. No, not at all. In the last 10 minutes of the game or 10, 10 minutes of regular time, excuse me, it would just be like Messi going through three guys and then just getting taken out from behind. And then the ball goes to Neymar and he just like dribbles through three people. It has a wide open goal, and then Firmino just runs and takes the ball from him on a long touch. And you're like, "What the fuck are they doing?" It was it was dirty. The tone was set, but Messi got his trophy. Go um, clear of Ronaldo. I've always thought he was clear. Of he's Ronaldo, always been. He he yeah. has always been. Now we're talking he's, accolades. He's clear. Um, we're talking as a player. He's we're talking everything. He's clear. He's yeah. the goat. Greatest. I know. Greatest ever. Now let's uh, let's transition to the dynasty quarter. I mean, I'll break us down, boys. The last uh, last four or five days, we've seen some crazy trades, some crazy league defining. I mean, like I've know, been under a rock here. Can you let me know about these trades? Like, I've oh, absolutely. I'll kick you off on Wednesday. So, Mike trades running back J.K. Dobbins, the 107 and the 201, to George in exchange for running back Saquon Barkley and a 2022 second rounder. Now, I mean, that I feel like I'm Whoa. the only one. Whoa, I feel like I'm the only one who had a negative outlook on this, but. I just think Saquon's a guy you don't trade, especially in Dynasty. Like, say what you want, think what you want. I think I think it's a good trade for George at the end of the day. I think he's got a lot of young assets going to be coming in. If he hits on his picks, if he you know picks the right guys, which he should be, he's picking at 101, 107, and 201. That's three picks in the top 11. Look, man, he can hit on all these guys and be an actual contender going into next year for a playoff spot, be on that little outside bubble looking in. Hey. That's really good for George. I just don't think you should trade Saquon, and I don't think in two or three years we'll be looking back and thinking that J.K. Dobbins could amount to anything he could do. On Thursday, I, Dan, traded the 102 and the 206 to Armani in exchange for QB Dak Prescott and tight end Logan Thomas. On Friday, 
Armani filled his quarterback hole by trading for Deshaun Watson to Mike in exchange for his 2022 first round pick. This is a um, this is a really questionable trade, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it after I break down the Saturday trade, which totally really shocked the league in my opinion. Skyler trades the 203 and a 2022 third round pick in exchange to Armani for Josh Jacobs. And I mean, like, I guess we're just going to start out with uh, this note I wrote here in all caps. What the fuck is Armani doing? Let me know. So, right. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what his direction is. Here's, here's what I came in with to from the season before of Armani. I love him. I really love him. He's a, he's a great manager in terms of like personality, but right now he's really fucking this thing up. So I'm going to explain to him because he'll listen to this because I'm going to send him this because he needs to hear this because what he's doing is just, boys, what do we think it is? Like, I don't know. I think it's just clownery. He's just the Texans. He's just tanking without his own first round pick. Armani, I want to let you know, you do, not want, you do not want to be the Texans. Coming in to this off season, you finished eight and six, eight and six, right outside the playoffs. In fact, you beat Sean, and if it weren't for point differential, you would have made it into the playoffs only to play me. But you still would have made it. Your team had Dak Prescott, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, DK Metcalf, a, a Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs. I said Josh Jacobs. Oh, you I know, didn't hear that. You know, your team was great, and it fit the style of players you wanted you wanted players like bruisers like these these big physical running backs and big physical receivers and Dak who's a fantasy god it like makes sense it was aesthetically pleasing to watch too and you had no Dak for most of the year and went eight and six fast forward to now as I pull out my phone and I'm going to go look at his team because here the team I said before after this is a week later a week later the team is Cam Newton Nick Chubb, there is no RB2. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Dallas Goddard, DJ Chark, Robbie Anderson, Joey Sly. He has Watson on the bench. James Robinson, <laughs> which we've talked about before. He has Jalen. I just I want to interject here, and I just hold want to hold recap hold his moves. Hold on. Oh, Let me okay. say this one thing. Not to mention, he, has, he does have a, he has the 102, which he got from you. He has a 203 and a 206. What the 203 he got from Skyland Jacob trade and the 306. But his team, no matter who he picks in all the positions, whether it be a quarterback at second overall or whatever he's looking at, he is in real contention to finish dead last. And I agree with that. he isn't he can't tank for anything because he traded his first round pick to me. And in the negotiations, Insider is going to give a little knowledge here. He said that pick may become very valuable. And holy fuck, it has. And it, it, it might actually be because when you trade away Darren Waller, when you trade away Josh Jacobs, when you trade away Dak, your biggest star players and keep DK and Nick Chubb and nothing else, and you really don't have anything to replace it with because you sold Josh Jacobs for fucking peanuts. You sold freaking Darren Waller for a guy who lost his job. I just, I want to, I want to come in here and just do a little summation of his moves and what he's done. So he's replaced Darren Waller 
with nothing right now. Just absolutely nothing. I don't know what he's going to do with that position because he said Logan Thomas was going to step up. He said this in March when he got he traded Darren Waller away. He said Logan Thomas was going to step up and take that role. He traded Logan Thomas this weekend. So I, I don't know what he's talking about, right? Now we're looking at quarterback position. He replaced Dak Prescott with Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not here to speak anything on Deshaun as a fantasy asset. Like, he's a god. He's, he is a reincarnation of, I don't know, Randall Cunningham, one of those kinds of players. He's, he's disgusting, okay? He does vile things in fantasy, and he does vile things statistically, and he does vile things off the field. And that leads to the major point here and the underlying tone in my voice when I said his name. He's probably not going to play this year. And if he does, he plays for the Texans doesn't he not want to be there isn't this the whole reason all of this started like and then we're looking at what running back he's replaced josh jacobs with nothing like somebody he's going to take in the second round or the first round man it's just i'm deeply concerned for his future because he's set himself back pretty far it's just what i'm trying to think of is like who can he 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 probably is the worst culmination of players and least talented team right now. And that I can project after the draft, he can take this personally, however he wants. I, he, I'm going to tell him that he might, he might go winless. He might lose. He might lose every game. He might go on 14. He I've never like every team around him has improved. Every team in the league has actually improved apart from him. He's just blown it all up. He's just completely blown up a team that was on the cusp of actually making the playoffs. It just makes no sense in my head. Armani, if you go 0-14, if you go 1-13 and and the only win you have against is me, right, that might be great that you beat me and I lost to a team that went 1-13, but you didn't tank for anything. I have your pick. So you, you might, you actually might be very bad and you're not going to get anything for it. And that's shocking. That's you have to, you know, my advice to you is pray. That's my advice really is. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like I, I could have, if I had Josh Jacobs, I could have traded him for at least a first round pick next, at least next year, at least next someone, of course, someone, if I knew his value was actually that low, because I was thinking in my head, maybe cause he came to me, he was like, you know, do you want Jacobs? And I was like, not really. We had to talk about him, but I didn't really want him. I didn't, yeah, I had the I did, same conversation. And I didn't want – I had him. the 201, and I kind of thought about – at the time I had the 201. I was kind of thinking about, man, what if I get rid of the 201? Maybe if Jacob's value is that low, I'll give him the 201. That's what I was thinking in my head. And I wake up, you know, Saturday morning, and this guy, the 203 and a third-round pick – for Josh Jacobs, isn't he like 24 or going to be 24? Yeah. What? Like, that's like – Skyler basically took candy from a baby, you know, uh, head scratching, uh, head scratching really is the Saquon trade. Hey, I know, look, I got Saquon Barkley. We don't really need to speak about who else he's paired with, but that happened. Right. But George, I'm telling you guys, and I'm telling you guys this from the heart. He is going to be much better next year. He's going to be on the cusp of a potential playoff. I'm not even joking because in his right now, if I project his lineup, he is go first of all, he did what he wanted to do and get a young plethora of running backs. He wanted to increase depth at the position and make the age younger. And it's obvious he's gonna do that number one when he's gonna take Harris. Then 
I and I agree with you, Dan. There's there's three players in Dynasty you don't trade: Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. You don't trade them. They're untradeable. They're supposed to be untradeable. Okay. So I'm happy I was able to pull this off. With that being said, though, when George is much better next year or much better this year than he was last year, no one's going to remember this trade because he's going to do much better and he's going to do much better without Saquon. He and is. He is. He has Russell Wilson. He got for me because I sent him. I, I sent him Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Right. I lose trades too, believe it or not. So he's got Russell Wilson. His running backs are probably going to be Najee Harris and Cam Akers as RB one and two. His which is sexy. Devonte Adams and Allen Robinson, which is sexy. Row wide receivers one and two. His flexes that are there going to be J.K. Dobbins, someone else, and his kicker. And his tight end is Evan Ingram, which could be worse. Yeah. He is really on the cusp of being. A, a legitimate like could contend for the playoffs am i wrong i mean i think his depth needs a long way to go but he has a lot of picks and he, he can fill a lot, lot of holes he has a lot of picks he can definitely contend for it absolutely yeah. he has a lot of picks and he's got a lot of promise but see the thing is sometimes in fan like promise is great but promise has to pay off and i think with george's players they will because i'm a huge believer in dobbins i'm a huge believer in acres Huge believer in Harris. Harris, yeah. Easy, Huge believer easy. in Devonta Adams. Russell Wilson. There's not. You can't say a bad thing about him. No. Full futures girl. I mean, let's be honest <laughs> here. And you know, don't be coming crying back to me whenever when you Dan when I made the Saquon trade. You were like, no, this fucking st- no, no. Look, and look. I was like, hold on. And I'm actually, just in a year from now. In a year from now, when he's actually not bad at all and he's improved hugely, I'll be sitting there like, look at that. Who would have thought? Oh wait, that's what happens when you had no depth and a star player, superstar player. And then now you have a ton of depth or more depth and a bunch of young, great young pieces that are promising and can do it. Just And you're sitting there laughing with a ring in your finger because your running backs are Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, and <laughs> now Saquon Barkley. But I, I mean, that's, that's beside the point. I know you have to win a playoff game and I respect the humility and I respect being humble, but it's clear to say that you're the favorite coming into the season right now is all the moves stand going in the draft mike's the favorite i'd put a little tier of you know three four guys under him it's kind of like the contenders as to who you know who's a playoff lock if not just a real playoff a super bowl contender those teams would be adam sean and henry and then everybody outside of armani i'd group into a little group of five people that's kind of like hey we're gonna see who rises and falls and you know some some of these teams that weren't that good last year like my team and George's team have made moves and and expanded our capacity to do what we're going to do and other teams have either stayed stagnant relied on you know situational changes or kind of regressed if we're not being you know we're being brutally honest and then I see Armani's team just chilling at the bottom because we just discussed all of his head scratching moves I mean like well, Riley, what do you think? About Armani's head-scratching moves? No, about, like, like the tears. They kind of came up with tears. Like oh, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a tiered system, like he said, about how it's the real kind of guys who are the favorites to win, which I think has to be you because of the running back core now established with Saquon. Plus the depth. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like slightly below that because Sean won it all last year. So he has to be in the same sort of conversation. Here's with the Sean. And I, this is where I give Sean respect until proven. Otherwise, Sean is the best team in the league. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He has the ring to back that up. So he has definitely. the ring to back that up. Absolutely. So until proven otherwise, I still believe that Sean is the best team in the league. So that's just. And it starts to get a little harder to like kind of make separating tiers at this point because it's all just sort of like a middle ground for people who are like they're trying to get well, in. It's and all like on paper it. analysis. Yeah, exactly. It's just like paper. Matt and Henry, I don't know if they've like kept up enough to be in their own separate tier of like they're still going to be a playoff team. Yeah, I, I would. Other teams I mean, I think Henry. Better. I think Henry is the best wide receiving core in the league, plus yeah, having yeah. Lamar. But his running backs are really questionable, and in the draft position that he's at, and what we think he's going to do, which you know, I'll run through a mock draft after this. I don't know if he finds running back to fill that gap that he's going to kind of need because. DeAndre Swift ceilings capped. He's on the Lions. Kenyon Drake, like we don't need to talk about him. Damian Harris, like you know, he's a Patriots running back. We we know what's going on with him. Maybe he has a Legarrette Blunt type season. I'm a big fan of his, but you really never know with the Patriots. And then uh, Ronald Jones, you know, as long as Leonard Fournette's there, it's really difficult to pick those matchups. But I mean, if we want to run through a quick little mock draft. Mike, where'd you go? He just I saw him dip. No, nope. interesting. Sorry, I just Boris came down here. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm ready to kick it off. I'll go number one. You guys can just fill it in as we go is along. This the but Dan 3.0. Who knows what it is at this it's point? 3.0. Number one, Najee Harris. Number but, two. Uh, hold, on. hold on, before you start though, the draft board has completely changed. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm well aware. It's totally changed, and the outlook of it hasn't. Uh, the outlook of it has. Now, I'm looking at Armani at two. Like, I think he'd be stupid not to take quarterback. Deshaun Watson, you need a backup plan to him. If you, you take Trevor Lawrence. You QBs. You could have both. Yeah, exactly. You could have both Clemson QBs. You need Deshaun Watson's backup plan. I think it's a no-brainer that he goes quarterback. I, you know, spread a little insider in here, a little insider knowledge. He likes Lance and Fields. He has them a little bit higher than, you know, and closer to Trevor Lawrence than everybody else does. So maybe he goes with one of those guys and, and does a reach in the quotations. I think that those guys have the potential to be stellar fantasy athletes. But I'm just going to go with quarterback now. I'll go Trevor Lawrence because he's the top one on the board for this mock draft. Uh, three, Skyler, you know, getting blessed. He's getting Jamar Chase. It's coming up. It's coming. You know, he's, he's getting a big dub there. Fourth overall is Adam, and this is where, you know, I think he just he stays with the crews and just takes Kyle Pitts, doesn't really think about it. Five is Riley. Mike, you want to spread some insight? Riley, who are you going to pick? Um, hmm. I'll go with Travis Etienne for now because I need that running back depth. Yeah, that's obvious. It's going to be Etienne or Williams, and then I think six or five are interchangeable. I think Mike's going to take Etienne or Williams. Seven. George is in there. You got Mike's pick. There's quarterbacks on the board. There's wide receivers on the board. You know, I think it's best player available for him, but I'll have him taking Devonta Smith. And, you know, Mike, I've heard he's been smokescreening a little bit. He's been spraying some stuff around. So you never know what he thinks about Devonta Smith. But eight you're is Adam. Know, you'll never know who I think about anyone. Yes, exactly. Eight is Adam. Pretty obvious here. I think he's just going to go with like Jalen Waddle, whoever's kind of left on the board at the wide receiver position. Maybe he just stacks up on quarterback again. 
you know, he, he's had that rumor. He told us personally that he's going to end up trading one of Herbert or Kyler Murray eventually. Like, it's nice to have a backup plan already in place when you make one of those moves. He basically can take best player available, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And then nine, Henry said Mac Jones. I'm going to go on a limb. Not really. I'm just going to not be surprised and call Henry's move here. He's taking Justin Fields. Like, I don't think anybody's going to question that. And then 10 is Sean. Like, I don't know. Somebody give a name because it's it's so difficult to know what he's going to do. Uh, let's give it Let's give it Rondale Moore. I feel like we always yeah. pick one of the Moores. Why not like Terrence Marshall? How about Noah Gray? How about Trey Sermon? <laughs> Trey Sermon. <laughs> Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert. Did, did Armani trade Montgomery. Josh Jacobs to replace him with Trey Sermon and a terrible third round pick next year? He traded yes. him for chips, bro. Peanuts. <laughs> it was peanuts, bro. We don't even have to talk about that. He's going to hear this and be like, we're roasting you. But Armani, if you listen to this point in the episode, Prom, we promise you we're not. We're just the people's pundits. All right. We're yeah. just reporting yeah. what we see. We're reporting what we see. We tell it like it is. But yeah, we do tell it like it is. Remember, like we get our money up and not our funny up. But yeah. Keep it a stack. We keep it a stack. Yes, Dan. We keep it a band. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I actually want to make my own mock draft because I think this would be great because uh, mock the mic 3.0 coming up right now, right, right, right on the spot. Uh, yeah. Naja Harris should go one. Uh, I provide, I don't really need to provide much insight. Uh, George, he can, if he likes chase and he wants a young receiver, like by all means, he can take whoever he wants. Right. But if he really wants to compete, and make up for the fact that you don't have Saquon Barkley anymore. You're not gonna. You're not ever going to make up for the fact that you don't have Saquon Barkley. Three guys realistically can't really make up for Saquon Barkley, but you can get pretty fucking close to his production if Najee Harris is a complete stud, which I think he is. He's a unanimous number one pick. He's on the Steelers. He could be the next Steelers great running back. It just makes a lot of sense to me. Next up, right. Two overall, I'm going to have – I am I think Armani's going to take a quarterback because he needs it so bad. Right now he's starting Cam Newton. All right. If you're going to tank for with no first-round pick, you, I, you know, yeah, you need probably tradable I, – I guess. Like, so get Trevor Lawrence. You got to take Trevor Lawrence. Three, Skyler's going to get blessed, take Jamar Chase. He's going to have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Burrow. He's going to be the Bengals, but the Bengals have a great fantasy offense, so that's tough to deal with. And you're hearing that from me, who both times I played Skyler last year, Joe Burrow dropped 35-plus on me. Both times, his two biggest games before he tore his ACL, he played me and dropped 35 twice, at least 35. And I was like, that's just hilarious. I was like, that's just great. Four, I think, you know, we're, we're looking at Adam, and Adam really has his choice at whoever he wants to take here. I think he takes Kyle Pitts. I think Adam's going to yeah. take Kyle Pitts here. Five, I think it's a lock of the draft. I think five, Riley, you're gonna you're gonna hop up to the plate and you're gonna take ETN. I think at six, I'm gonna hop up to the plate and kind of flip flop between a pe- couple people, maybe between Devonta Smith, Williams, or Jalen Waddle. Um, but in the end, I'm probably gonna be taking Noah Gray, uh, the tight end on the Kansas City. Team. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, 
at, at I'd say at seven overall, it's up to George now. And because I took Noah Gray so early because I'm such a big believer in him, George is going to go ahead and take Jamal Williams to solve yet another. Get a, a Jamal nice, Williams. Jamal, I mean, Javante. Javante Williams, uh, the 225-pound, 5'10 running back out of UNC. I think he's going to take him, add to his already ridiculously loaded pool of young, run, run, young running backs. Excuse me. And then we fast forward eight. Adam's second pick. He takes best player available. That could be a QB. It could be a, It could be really anyone. Uh, I think he's going to go after the value here. I think that's Jalen Waddell. I think the value here is Jalen Waddell. He, the guy is the sixth overall pick, right? So if, he, if Adam can grab him at the eighth overall pick as basically a free pick, just because of the fact that he has an extra pick, he should do that. Nine. I mean, Henry says he's taking Mac Jones, but that's just cap. So he's probably going to be taking Justin Fields. And I know he you know, speaks very highly of him. So I'm going to probably lean with Justin Fields. But if he takes Mac Jones, you heard it here first. I'm going to – ooh, boy. Ooh, ooh, boy. That's going to be interesting. I'll call him laughing. I'll, I'll be – I'll nonstop. I'll hysterically laugh just like everyone hysterically laughed at me at redraft when I took Clyde. I'm going to hysterically laugh. Um, and then, boom, we hit up 10th overall and we got Sean. And Sean – is a is he's an enigma he is an enigma you never know what he's gonna do he probably doesn't come up with what he's gonna do until like at least maybe maybe the morning he wakes up he figures out what he's gonna do maybe it's like 10 minutes before the draft you never know what he's gonna really pick to be honest like he he does and he doesn't like really show his hand but he talks about a bunch of people and you never really know what he's gonna do um plus 10 is a really murky spot um you're gonna be looking at michael carter trey sermon Rondale Maybe Moore, a quarterback. Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall, uh, Bateman. You're going to be looking at all those guys' quarterbacks. I think Sean's obviously that quarterback. He has Josh Allen. I really think – I really think he really wants Jalen Waddell to be there. Yeah. Uh, but I think – I don't think Jalen Waddell gets there. I think he's going to take uh, Trey Sermon uh, because he does need help at that running back, running back position. He has fucking James Conner playing flex. Okay, that can't fucking happen. Okay, does he like what he plays in the Cardinals, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, that's gonna be my t- that's my Mike 3.0. Riley, what's your Riley 3.0? All right, here we go. Doing a Riley 3.0 right now, but let me tell you, the start of the draft's gonna be a little different. George is gonna take Jamar Chase. Okay, okay, okay. He's he's gonna leave Armani a gift in Najee Harris to replace that running back slot in his team. Mm-hmm. And then at three, we have Skyler. Skyler's feeling a bit cheesed right here, but he's going to take Kyle Pitts. No, he's not. He's taking Kadarius Tony. Oh, that's so true. He'd definitely pass on Pitts for Tony. That's such a smart move though. It is a smart move. Are you kidding me? Tony. Who's, who's his tight end, right? Do you know uh, his tight end is Myra. Oh, that's true. I heard he had Tibidus. His tight end is O.J. Howard. Yeah, he doesn't need pits. He, Tony would fit in better with his team. Exactly. O.J. Howard's a beast, bro. He's going to be like Gronk next year. Thank you, Dan. All right. At four, yeah, Skyler passes on pits, so Adam's still locked in at pits. Just makes sense. At five, I'm looking. I'm looking for that fourth just young asset to pair with CD lamb, Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk. So I'm going to take Amon jaw St. Brown here. <laughs> Go Great lions. Great and, and then at six, I think Mike would probably take Travis Etienne here at seven. 
George is able to get Javante Williams, and now he's fixed up wide receiver and running back in his team. So he could do some damage with that. And then at eight, Adam takes Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, baby. It slid all the he's way. He's not going to think about that. And then at number nine, we got Henry. He's going to take Mac Jones. <laughs> Let's just continue to perpetrate this lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, he's definitely going to take Mac Jones over Justin Fields. That that makes sense. And then at number 10, who's Sean taking here? Trey Sermon? I think he I likes think Trey Sermon. I think he's more of a Michael Carter fan. Ah, well, there you go. You can have Michael Carter. You can have Michael Carter. <laughs> Michael New York Cart. <laughs> Jet Michael J-E-T-L Yeah But so yeah, much shit has, pretty good. So much shit has been happening in Dynasty League Man I mean holy fuck Just getting that, heated up in the draft I mean I'm not surprised um, You know I'm sure more people are going to make moves I'm obviously never out of the market To make moves so Everyone has heard from me eventually. Oh, yeah, with about a minute left, let's talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. Who cares? The Lightning finally won in a gentleman sweep. Five games. Took five games for one win in terms of series score against the Canadians. Who cares? The uh, Lightning were always going to beat them in four or five games. Uh, it was a gentleman sweep. Uh, shout out the Canadians for showing up. Uh, they didn't, but shout out uh, they were in the final. They celebrated like they won the cup when they scored the game four OT winner to keep them from getting swept. I mean, like, hey, they, they got to celebrate the little things, right? Because they knew they were fucked. Well, they can they hang did, a banner for that one. They did get fucked. The, the 16th or 18th playoff team got fucked. Who would have thought the Lightning would win? Shocker. Anyway, yeah. What a, what a freaking week, boys. What an absolute week in everything from the NBA finals to Euros to Dynasty. Holy shit. What a week. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap up season two, episode five. No guests on the day, but we all did a great job. Uh, boys, any last thoughts? Um, um, Kadarius Tony is going second overall to Armani. Ooh, that would be a pretty solid, uh, solid pickup there. He slips to Skyler though. Like if Jamar Chase isn't there, and Kadarius Tony's there, dude. At that point, on, you just take come your on. guy. And if Skyler, like, Skyler, like Skyler. you got to take hey, Young Joker. Hey, hey. All right, boys. That's a great show. All right. See you all next week. All right. Peace out, boys. Peace out.